Understanding God class is now released. Good morning, everyone. Isn't it so good to be in God's house? I'm expecting a lot more enthusiasm than that. You know, David says, you know, you know, um, I was so glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. So you're in the right place. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you're the right place at the right time. Amen. Amen. I tell you, you just, I, I, I go to church with an attitude of expecting that God, God to surprise me. You know, I don't go in with the mindset that I've got it all figured out. Because you know what? God is full of good surprises. And you know, and we go with a heart of expectation. We have an expectant heart. Oh my goodness. You just never know what God would do in a day. You never know what God would do in a day. He can change your whole situation in a moment's time. You know, so He can do it in just one moment. More than we could ever accomplish in our whole lifetime. You know, so I, I love to go with that same. You know, I, I go... I haven't missed church probably since I came to Christ. I don't think there's a Sunday. I've gone to church even on vacation. I'll find a family of believers somewhere because I know the, 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 the family of God is bigger. And I found that. And I'll just sneak in someplace and at least one of my opportunities is to sit in the back. I know how you guys feel. But I find a family of believers and I just worship the king. But you know what? I'm, um, never... Take it as a religious thing. Don't do it as an obligation. Find the goodness of the Lord in there. And God will bless you in ways you never know. I, 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 I'm so excited. My heart is full. And, uh, and it's always full. And I'm always anticipating. Even when I don't feel like it physically, I always know that every time I worship the Lord is an opportunity to get something, to get better, to go higher than I was yesterday. See? This morning, before we get into the Word and I speak a little bit, I also have asked a mighty woman of God, uh, Pastor Eleanor Stern here. She came all the way from Kenya, and she's going to share a few words from uh, with us. She's part of us, but she's been living in Kenya at 89. What an incredible blessing. And she's got the Word of the Lord, and I think she's here what, two more Sundays with us. And one more, one more. Till next week is our last week she goes back. See, when I grow up, I want to be able to do what she's doing at her age. That's a blessing. Would you give our Lincoln City Church welcome? Welcome home. All right, you come on. All right. Oh, Nate, you don't need a cane when you have Nate. Yeah. All right, give our hand one more time to tell you. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, about a Mother's Day a couple years ago, uh, Pastor Don Matheny invited me to speak at their church out there in Nairobi, and I was shocked, you know, a big church, thousand people twice a day, you know, and I think, oh my God. Anyway, the Lord gave me a word, and and then I sat down. He said. I want you all to know that something happened in this church today that never happened before and probably will never happen again. And everybody looked around. They looked around. What happened here that we don't know about? And he said you had 
an 88-year-old woman talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, today you got an 89-year-old woman talking (laughs) to you. (laughs) And it may never happen again. (laughs) But before I say anything, I just want to thank you all for the way you are supporting KKV. That's what we call it. We don't call it King's Kids Village. We shorten everything. You know how we do. It's just KKV. And and the one apartment that you support, um, the the mama that is that, she is a marvelous woman. She grew up in a whole big Catholic family. She has a sister that is a nun. And uh, when she came to work for John and Molly a few years ago, she she just fell in love with the Lord, and she's a beautiful Christian. And when we needed a mama in that one apartment, she says, could I go? I want to do that. And so there she is, and you got the most marvelous mama over there, Mama Tabitha. Tab- Tabitha or Tabitha, they call her over there, Tabitha, but Tabitha. And every time you pray, just say, Lord, bless Tabitha. Bless Mama Tabitha, and she has a great worker that works with her, and she's got 10 kids under her, and I'll tell you, they love her. So I just wanted you to know that. But the other day when I was in the Tuesday prayer meeting, which a lot of you are missing. (laughs) That's not nice. That's not nice, is it? Um, But anyway, um, the Lord really uh, had given me a word, and and, a pastor had asked me to share it. And so I, I did. And the word that the Lord gave me when I was in prayer one day, I read this short little verse. It said, after they crossed, and this was in the Old Testament, of course, after they crossed the river, the manna stopped. No more manna. You know, all the years that the children of Israel were in the wilderness, 40 years, they had to stay there 40 years because they had disobeyed God, and he said, everybody of that generation, every man of that generation is going to die off before you come out of the wilderness. And so there they were. But when they finally, when that time was over and the last person of that generation died, they crossed the river, and from that minute on, no more manna. And I thought, wow, there's something going on here, Lord. Talk to me about this. The difference between living in the wilderness and living in Canaan. Because their destination was Canaan. But they had to live for 40 years in the wilderness. And yet, in that whole time they lived in the wilderness, they had every supply they needed. They went out every morning and there was manna on the ground that they could pick up and bake bread and whatever else that they did with it. When they started to complain about no meat, why he sent a whole flocks and flocks and flocks of birds to come down right in among them so they could kill them and, and cook them and have meat. And when there was no water, he they struck the rock and the water came out. They had everything they needed in the wilderness. But they had to go around and around and around. They didn't go anywhere. So when they came into Canaan, the Lord said, all of those natural things that I've supplied for you, this going to stop because I want you to go in and take Canaan. It's a difference. There's a difference in being in Canaan and being in the wilderness. I got something here I need to look at, and I better get my Bible open in order to find it. Woo! Okay, so 
In Numbers, the 13th chapter, it tells why they had to stay in Canaan because of what they had done, because they didn't believe God could take them over. And then he, he made that total provision, man every day, meat, water, everything. But when he said, now it's time, no more manna, you go in and take it. It's a different lifestyle. In the wilderness, you survive. This is Pastor Solo told me this one. And in Canaan, you thrive. Write that down in your notes if you're taking notes. In the wilderness, you survive. But in Canaan, you thrive. So when it came time to go in, he, they went on in. And, and, and when they walked across and no more manna there, can you imagine what they thought at first? I imagine some of those women were, what are we, what are we gonna do now? Um, no, no. Oh, I know. Look out there. Look at all those gardens that those guys, those people uh, had have planted. Look at all those gardens. They're there. They're ready. We'll go in and just take them. So they went in, and they got all this fresh fruit and vegetables from the garden of the city that they were going to take. And how did they take that city? They got the word of the Lord to take that city. They got the word of the Lord. They said, you march around it once a day for six days. The seventh day, you march it around seven times. And when you do, the walls will come falling down. They obeyed and it happened. And they went in and took Jericho, took the whole city. They got everything. And so uh, when they went into the next city, Ai, it didn't happen that way. The people of Ai chased them out, killed some of them. And they came complaining, complaining. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, Joshua? You know what? He said, he went before God. He said, God, that's not what was supposed to have happened. We were supposed to be able to take that city just like, just like we took Jericho. And God said, there's sin in the camp. Oh, so they got down to the very essence of what the sin was. And when they brought that man up, they brought his whole family up. He admitted he had taken some of the gold and some of the precious garments, the beautiful garments of those, of those uh, people, and and uh, he showed them, laid them all down there. They, he had, they said, "Get your whole family together, come here, bring everything you own and possess, bring it right here." He did, and when they did, the ground opened up, and every, and that man and his whole family and everything he possessed fell deep down into the ground. Boy, that's a terrible thing. I'm glad I didn't live in those days. I really am. <laughs> Some of their punishment was really crucial and really horrible. But anyway, so then he said, now, now find out how you're supposed to take AI. Get God's word and find out how you're supposed to take AI and then you'll take it. And so they did. They found out, you send some of the men in the back, send the others in the front like you're going to take it like you did before, and they're going to all come out after you, and then from the one from the back, they can go in and take it. And that's what they did, and they got it. So there's a key here. To walk in Canaan is what he wants all of us to do. He does not want us to stay in the wilderness where we just live off the bare necessities. He wants us to go in and be profitable to the kingdom of God because he said he has given gifts to every one of us. You have a gift from God for whatever he wants you to do, and he wants you to do it. And and if you'll do what he says, I always say if you do God's will in God's time, 
He'll provide every need you have. God's will in God's time, and he'll provide every need you have. And I'll tell you what, that has proved out in my life. That's proved out in my life. At the age of 22, some of you may not know this, but at the age of 22, the word of the Lord came to me that I was going to be the mother of an orphanage. I was married. Uh, a year and a half later, the, the church sent us to Kenya. I thought, wow, going to have an orphanage. Nothing, no word, nothing about an orphanage. Had two kids there. Susan was born there. Philip was born there. But no orphanage. Came home a few years later. The church sent us to Nigeria. Ten years, I kept saying, God, orphanage, orphanage. Surely, you told me orphanage. I believe your word. I believed his word. And you know what? He, he had given me another word that I'd get songs. I played the keyboard. I played the piano. I played an organ. But to get songs from the Lord, woo-wee, I thought that would be something else. And he did. He started to give me choruses that really helped us. But no orphanage. And even in those 10 years in Nigeria, terrible, terrible Biafra uh, secession, they tried to take over Nigeria, and we were right in the middle of all that, and God provided everything we need, but no orphanage. Came home, felt to stay home because our kids were an age where they needed to be home, and God had said to us, your kids are your first responsibility, and so we stayed home. God eventually sent us to Danville, Illinois, where we started a church. God did a marvelous work there. Many people go out in the ministry from there even. And then we went out to visit in Kenya. And sitting in the stadium, we were part of Nairobi Lighthouse Church. My husband was like an, 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 uh, uh, what would you call him, Uh, an overseer. And um, we went to the early prayer, and I opened my Bible. I thought, I'll read something. And there it was, cry out in the night season on behalf of the children who are dying at the head of every street. Across the page, another verse, almost like it. And I said, God, now, when I'm 75, you want me to start an orphanage? And he answered me, God will talk to you. He answered me, he said, you're not as old as Abraham and Sarah. And I'm not asking you to give birth to a natural child. Thank you for that, Lord. I'd have never thought of that. You know God had to say that to me. I would have never thought of something like that. <laughs> and so I came home. I said, okay, cry out in the night season. That means to pray. So I started to pray. And as I prayed and I prayed, one day the Lord said to me, you won't start an orphanage here in Kenya while you're sitting here in America. And so I told my husband I had to go. He had meetings. He couldn't go with me. Anyway, that's all a long story. But anyway, every building we built we built a four-apartment building that has ten, room for 10 kids in each apartment. By the time we built it, it was, bought, it was paid for. We, a school was built. By the time it was finished, it was paid for. Every single thing we've done, by the time it was done, it was paid for. When you do God's will in his time, he takes care of it all. That's a promise to you. That's a promise to you. God is faithful. So if if he can do that through this old lady, and I'm still going out there. Look at that. Imagine me at 89 still going out there. And That's I, a miracle and right I, there. <laughs> but I hate the trip. Oh, I hate that long trip. But anyway, I go. So in the wilderness, you survive. But in Canaan, you thrive. Amen. Remember that. 
So get out there. Begin to ask God what he's got for you to do. Ask him because he has something for every one of you to do. He wants you, and that is living in Canaan, not in the wilderness. And God bless you, and I believe you're going to do it. Amen. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. So I'll probably need help getting down. Oh, look at my list. There are two studs right here. Right there. Look at those guys. They'll, they'll take care of you. How awesome is that? Isn't that a good word? Come on. 2017, we're going to go out into the promised land. Amen? Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There we go. So next time you tell me you can't make it to church because it's not two inches, I'm like, well, look at that 90-year-old, 90 in, in March, yeah, 90 in March, still traveling the world for, for, for the gospel. That's amazing, isn't it? Wow. So anyway, um, um, God is good, isn't he? He's good all the time. I tell you, when I grow up, I have a lot of people to look up to. Another guy that I want to just honor this morning that turned another corner. He's Ken Hyatt in the corner over there. Turned 70 this week. Great man of God right there. Yesterday, yesterday. Happy birthday, you know. Great man of God. Uh, faithful servant of the Lord. If you haven't gotten to know him, you should know him. Um, good man. Very good man. And uh, just here from the foundations of this church, you know. A solid servant of the Lord. So we honor you on your birthday. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I want to share just a couple of thoughts. That was enough word. We can sing and go home, isn't it? You know, I'm going to add to it. I'm going to add to it a little bit, you know. Um, uh... Wow. Maybe not. <laughs> was that a sign from God or a sign from the devil? <laughs> All right. All right. You know, I do believe, I do believe that God has great things for 2017. How many have great anticipation? You, you know, you're thinking, God has seen us through a different year. I believe that as he takes us over, every day is a gift from God. The present, the present moment is a gift from God. Right now we are living and breathing is a gift from God. And if God has given us another day, another week, another year, another decade, whatever it is, he says that I still have something in store for you. The work is not done yet. I'm not done with you yet. I don't care what you had to go through before. It doesn't matter. Not I don't care. It doesn't matter what you went through last year. Today is a new day. I think God did that on purpose. He did that on purpose. Seven days he created the heavens and the earth. Do you think God needed seven days to... He did not. He set things in motions. He caused the astronomical things to work in motions to give us days and, and months and, and seasons and years. And every new day as things are moving, he says, I give you new mercies today. You could have failed yesterday. You could have messed up yesterday. You could have been hard. You might have had a heartbreak yesterday in your life, but today is a new day. And God caused it to happen exactly that way for a reason. He gives us new mercies. He gives us new grace. He gives us new, uh, a newness of life. We can look at it and say, thank God for another day. And I'm always amazed that we have, um, uh, astronomically, you can tell about days and months and years and, and seasons. But the week is a whole different ballgame. It has no physical relation to it, 
It's only what God put in motion through the beginning of time. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, I, I get crazy on church attendance. Why? Because I think God said it on purpose. Have you thought about that? Seven day week? In the, on the seventh day, the Lord rested like he needed some rest. And he repeats it in the New Testament, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments by Moses. He says, you know, remember the Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath day to keep it holy. Puts it in there. Right up with do not commit adultery. He puts one in there. And you know, one of the things that's happening, one of the phenomena that's happening in America is that uh, I've talked to pastors all over and you read a lot of studies. Church attendance and frequency, has go, it's at the lowest it's ever been in our history. The average attender, believer goes once to, once to two times a month and they feel they're doing good. But I think it has something on us. There's something we get, it takes away from us. See, it says in Hebrews 10.25, Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as it is the manner of some. But you need to encourage one another. And says, even more so, as you see the day approaching. The closer we get to the end, it says, you be more diligent in this. Don't slack yourself in this. Because there's something in us when we come to the house of the Lord. We just praised, sung a few songs, and we praised. And I felt the Spirit of God in here. It was a long week. I was tired physically. But when I started worshiping God, I feel something inside of my spirit that gives me, energizes me. Satan doesn't want that for you and me. He doesn't want us to have a new fresh anointing in the morning. He doesn't want us to have a fresh anointing every week. So if he keeps you, he goes, well, if you're tired, if you're frail, if you miss out from dipping into the well, he can take you. He always goes about those who are weak. Just like a roaring lion. And I'm dividing, but I want to share one truth concerning this year. I do believe there's a gift, and God has something supernatural for us. But we must rely on the Holy Spirit to be able to achieve this. You know, they say 8% of people, uh, only 8% of people achieve their um, New Year resolutions. That's a small percentage, isn't it? But 8% still do. So in other words, if you keep trying for 12 and a half years, at least one in there, you might be part of that 8%. It will come if you keep trying, if you give up. The Bible says, do not give up on doing good. Do not be weary on doing good. Okay? Why? It says, in due season, you shall reap. Why? If you fail not. A righteous man may fall even seven times. But yet he rises again. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them from them all. Though sorrow may endure for the night. Joy comes in the morning. The, The word of the Lord is full of promises. And promises to energize us. To meet us right at the point of our need. To help us when we don't have the strength to help ourselves. In fact we never have the strength. To help ourselves. So blessed is the one who puts his faith in the Lord. Because he realizes that even the things that I do do. Even the things that I'm maybe gifted in. The things that come naturally to me. You realize that that's not just because of me. It's that God has put that in me. And so I thank him. You can change your life. 
You can impact other people with that realization. And you know what? It takes obligation out of doing things of the Lord. He puts joy. In fact, the Bible says, serve the Lord your God with gladness and not with grief because that would be unprofitable for you. I believe that God has good breaks for people. It's a year of a lot of victories and freedom. Blessing on the job, blessing in the family. Things, uh, maybe even, even, uh, even, uh, even a freedom from addiction. Addictions, I, I, oh, my heart always grieves for people that struggle with addictions. Because it's, it's a brutal thing. It's a brutal thing. You know, you keep on trying, but you cannot break through. And, 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 and people would look from the outside sometimes and judge and say, Oh, why can't they get it together? Well, they're trying to get it together. But I know that God can also touch somebody that's struggling and change their situation around. They can A touch from God can make a difference. So you do not give up. You keep doing the right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing. And just pray for the Holy Spirit. And you know, when you get touched by the power of God, your life changes. And God wants to t- change it. Zechariah 4, 6 says that it's not by might. It is not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. See, sometimes we put a lot of effort in things, but God comes behind us with his spirit and he gives us the power to propel us into the future, to propel us past what we could not do for ourselves. That says we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, Acts 1.8. Because God wants to empower, and that, the power to propel. I'm introducing a thought to you that we're going to dive into uh, uh, not next week, but beginning next week, uh, the beginning, the week of the 21st. I'm moving on. Because I do believe that the Lord is wanting to dispense His Spirit on His people to give us the power to propel us into our destiny, to propel us into our future, to propel us into victory, to propel us into freedom. One faculty we have that we've been given by God that sometimes we undermine and don't realize the power that it has. Another faculty is the tongue. I want to read a passage from James. You have your Bible with you? I want you to read James uh, chapter 3 with me. Reading just a few verses for you. And you can read them with you. And, uh, and I'm going to jump here. He does talk a little bit more than what I'm going to read here. But I just want to pick on a couple of things that, that James says about the tongue. He says the people can... He says verse 7, I start there. People can tame all kinds of birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. I think that's a pretty interesting statement, a words to use to describe what the tongue is like. It says, sometimes, verse 9, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. He says, this happens, but it's not right. It should be a little, it should be different, he says. Okay? He says, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Question. Does a fig tree produce olives and, uh, or grapes and produce, uh, or grapevine produce figs? No. And you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. Uh, if you read the preceding verses, he uses different examples of how uh, um, uh, just a, a little steer can, uh, just a, the captain of a ship steers the ship, a big, big vessel 
even in rough waters, and is able to control the direction by a very small steer. He says that's how the tongue is. A very small faculty in our bodies that can be used to cause great blessing or great damage. It has the power to cause um, uh, um, uh, people to be put down. People, when, when you speak to people and you speak bad things to people, it can have a lot of damage, especially depending on who says those words. When people that are trusted, people that are close and you're trusted, if they say hurtful things, it goes even further. A crazy stranger down the street comes in and calls you names. You're like, hey, leave me alone and dumb. <laughs> it doesn't do, if it affects you, then you've got some real problems. you really got some problems. If uh, some crazy person says something to you and it and kind of changes your day, boy, you need some help. And it all surprises me how when we get so upset by the words of strangers, they looked at me and they judged me. They thought I was like this. They're strangers. How much power are you giving them over your life? But when it's said by someone that means something, it goes deeper. I know words, we say words are cheap, isn't it? But in a different context, that is. But words can do a lot. They can do a lot of good. They can also do a lot of bad. And that's what James is trying to say here. He says, hey, listen. Don't underestimate the power of your confession. Don't underestimate what your tongue can do. And I want to just share a couple of thoughts towards this to help you as you go on to 2017 that you have the right confession in your mouth. Isn't it interesting that when the Holy Spirit touches us, one of the things that he touches is the tongue. Isaiah chapter 6, you can write it down and read it yourself. This is when Isaiah got the call of God to be a prophet. Isaiah was one of the most prolific prophets in the Old Testament. He prophesied about the coming Messiah 700 years before Jesus would come. And boy, some things he prophesied were like in pinpoint accuracy. Unbelievable. You can't match it that way. When he gets a call to be a prophet, God opens up his glory to Isaiah. He gets to see a vision of heaven. He gets to be moved to a new dimension and begins to see the spiritual dimension. And he goes, wow, he starts describing what he saw in heaven. He starts seeing like uh, the angels of God and, 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 and he sees the glory of God and it's indescribable. But you know the one thing he does when he realizes where he is, where he's standing? He says he falls down on his knees and he says, Whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. That's the first realization. And the angel comes and touches his mouth. And he says, do not be afraid. John the Revelator, when he gets a vision of heaven, my mouth is unclean. Duh. The Holy Spirit, day of Pentecost. When they came, the Holy Spirit came and visited the church when they were praying 120 on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. They get filled. The Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God touches the tongue. It's an evidence of what's in there. And I know I'm not talking about empty words that mean nothing because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. So if you're filled with praise in your heart, If you're filled with the Word of God in your heart, if you're filled with the Spirit of God in your heart, guess what will come out of your mouth? 
great things about God. Because those that were in Jerusalem and came to observe this phenomena that was going on during the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he says 17 different nationalities were in Jerusalem that day to observe the Passover. And they listened to different ones from different countries and different continents speaking in tongues. They didn't even know what language they were speaking. But others that were traveling was like, I know that language. I hear them, and I hear them great, great, th- I speak great things about God in my own language. How is it so that uh, Tanzanian is speaking German and is speaking great things about God? We hear them speak it in our own language. The Lord touches the tongue. So James comes back and says this. Verse, uh, I want to say verse 10. He says, And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I think one thing he's telling us here is that our mouths, we were given the ability to speak so that we can speak blessing, not curse. We cannot be doing both. We can speak on both sides of our mouths. He says, you know what's right? He's speaking blessing. Uh, we, he's speaking blessing. Being an encourager. Speaking the great things about God. But you know what else is even is important? What you say about yourself. That's the hardest person to convince sometimes. What you say about yourself. And our confession has to be God's confession. It's not what I say that matters. It's what God says about my life is what matters. What I say about people doesn't matter. It's what God says about people. What what I think about myself doesn't matter. It's what God thinks about me. And as I begin to fill my life and my heart, even in 2017, I make a determination that I'm going to fill my mind and my heart with the words of the Lord. So that when I am pressed, when I find myself in a good situation or in a very bad situation, what comes out of my mouth is still the word of the Lord. What's your confession when you're really pressed? When something crazy happens, is it praise that comes out of you? Is it curse that comes out of you? If it's not praise, get in the word some more. Get more word in your life. Look for opportunities to feed your soul with the right things. I tell you, you don't have to work hard at all To feed your mind and your soul with the wrong things. It's in your face. Everywhere you go. Everywhere. You don't have to do nothing. To actually feed your mind and your soul with the right things. Do nothing. All you got to do is do nothing. Just go with the flow. And you don't need any exercise, no discipline, nothing at all. And you can feed yourself with junk. And junk will come out of you. Junk will come out of you when you're pressed. Junk will come out of you even when you win. How many ever watch sports? I watch a lot of sports in my life. And I've seen some people, it's distasteful when you get a really talented quarterback. I was like, wow. They, you know, if like, uh, if life was a puzzle, they were cut out to play football. They have everything. They, you know, it's like you can work hard, but man, you cannot touch this guy because they are gifted. They are just something special. You ever watch a special person? 
You're a special person playing in Nebraska. You watch a special basketball. You're like, no, they're different. You watch a guy like LeBron James play. You're like, no, you can work hard. You can be the most hard working, but you're not going to be LeBron James. You know what I mean? I even forgot my train of thoughts. Because I took just a sports rabbit play. But the thing is, the thing that I was going to say is that when you, have, um, when you have someone that's very talented, and then when they win, and they win wrongly, it is distasteful. And people don't like, it's like, it's like oh, no, I don't like him. It's like, he's a real talent. No, but I don't like him. Oh, you don't really appreciate what he can do, but I don't like it. Because if you have it wrong in you, even when you win, it's not as good. See what I'm saying? God is a good God. He's filled with goodness. When we're filled with Him, goodness comes out of our mouths. And James is saying, we are to realize that our words mean something. And that we are not created to speak bad things and not even bad things about ourselves. We should speak good things. You think about this. Culturally, there are many things that we say sometimes even without thinking. We think of things like I think of kids. I'm in the middle of that time in my life where we're raising little kids. Was like terrible twos. Who came up with that? In some ways, you are somewhat right. But in other ways, what are we confessing over the kids? Do they have to be terrible? No. But if we call them terrible, long enough, they will be terrible. Oh, this week I become a parent of a teenager for the first time in my life. Wow. And we can confess bad things about teenage years. Isn't it? Can't we? Because we don't have to learn to pick up those innuendos and those thoughts that come through just regular life. Oh, wait, wait, wait till the teenagers. I know they have special energy. I was a teenager too. <laughs> but you know, we can speak good things about our kids. We can speak good things about our future. They don't have to be caught up in the, in the spirit of the world. Noah was a man living in a poverty time, but his family was righteous. I know right now, I don't want to pick on the millennials. But they get picked on a lot. Because they are different. They just came from a different cut. But you know what? Instead of complaining about the millennials, how about to proclaim our millennials will be the light of their world. They'll be world changers. When their world is lost, they're going to speak the word of God. They're going to be the voice of the Lord in the wilderness. See, we can, put, we can say the right words and speak the word of the Lord and speak blessing, not curse. Place blessing over your finances. Oh, Martha's rule. Oh, I knew something bad was going to happen. I've got to have a good break for a long time. Come on. God is a good God. You start speaking good. I know it's been hard. It's never been easy. Things have never been handed to me. But God has always been good to me. God has always shown me kindness. I'm believing for good things. I know I, I might have messed up myself, but I know God is good. My better days are ahead. I'm speaking good things in my life. And you watch God bless you. 
And he's saying he's giving you, he's given you the ability to bless and to curse. So, in, in closing, who do we bless? Our mouth blesses the Lord. One of the first things is what we say to God and about God. We bless the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In my mouth. I don't need you to motivate me to praise the Lord. I'm determined in my soul. My soul shall magnify the Lord. My soul shall boast of the Lord. I'll say good things about my God. And remind my soul and my, my, my situation how big my God is. You know, is there one person who said, you know, don't tell your trouble. Uh, uh, I forget even the saying, but about how, tell, don't tell God about how big your trouble is. But tell your trouble how, God, how big your God is. Yeah. You know, how good, you know, my God is amazing. You, st- you, you pause for a moment and just think about the greatness of God. Praise will be spontaneous when you pause. I don't believe in miracles. Yet you're sitting and living every day in a giant globe that's in outer space, spinning. I don't believe in miracles. Are you right? You, you are a miracle. You can pick one part of your body and just start it and realize how much of a miracle you are. You tell me you don't believe in miracles? If he can do that, why would he not give you good breaks in your life? He says, no good thing will the Lord withhold for those he loves. It's an attitude we need to adapt if we are to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives. It's an attitude we need to adapt. This week I had a special blessing come to us. It was really interesting, but um, uh, this last year, year and a half, we've been working on Moving, you know, we outgrew our house probably five years ago, and uh, and we've been feeling it. And, and I think for us it was because we homeschool also, so people don't leave the house and go to school and come back for a few hours, and it's at least clean for eight hours. We're there all the time, so we kind of feel it more. And so we knew we needed to move and all these things. So I make the long story short, you know, we also needed a second car. I'm thinking, okay, I know we're gonna go. Bigger. I just don't want to make a decision on the car until I'm done with this whole house thing. And it was interesting to have one car. And sometimes we could borrow and it all worked out and, in, and, and the Lord was good in all that. And the second thing was like, okay, I don't want a car payment. Is that not a confession? Everybody's going to have a car payment. No, you don't have to. I don't think, not all the time. If confess, you should. But got to have one. No, but it was like, no, it's like I'm going to wait till I can afford to pay for one. Not that, the, not that getting a car payment is sin. Don't get me wrong. Getting a car payment is not sin. It's just better if you didn't have one. Not working out is not sin. It's just better when, if you do. You know, it's one of those things, you know. So, but, so I was like, oh, I'll do it after the house. I'll do it after the house. I'll do it after the house. So on Wednesday... It's like a bunch of doctor's appointments, got to be in the office, meeting a few people, da-da-da. So Sarah drives me to work, and I say, I'll drop you off. Go do what you need to do, and then I can use the car. I was like, boy, this has to stop. Prayed on my way back to work. And I sat down, literally just say, okay, God, you got to show us. You got to get this thing fixed. I don't know how. You know I don't want a loan. Someone texts me, say, hey, would you guys happen to need a car? I'm like, uh... 
Who told you? Had no idea we had one car. But you know, God knows. But, and then I'm, I'm evaluating this whole thing. I'm thinking, wow. I confess after the house, after the house, after the house. How many times did I, oh, okay, God, that's what you want. Okay, I get it. I won't bless you for, with a car until after the house. Maybe I'm making up too much. But it's amazing how the confession became a realization, even in the, way, the timing of the Lord. We've given cars before. We've given several cars before. We've been blessed other people with cars. And uh, when we've been blessed with cars also, when you, what you give, you also receive. What you give to others also in your mind. So we say we bless God, but we also ought to bless people. With your tongue, you can say good things to people. We are so good at telling people how good they are and how good they meant to us when they are dead. <laughs> oh boy. We could have, I've gone to some really powerful funerals. And we'll say the most amazing things. Like, I never knew this about this person. I didn't know he meant that much to people. Because nobody ever told them when they were alive. Do you ever tell your family? Do you tell them you appreciate them? Do you tell them you love them? Do you tell the people that you work with, the ones that make your job easier? Do you tell them what they mean to you? Do you tell your brothers? It's like, be intentional about that. Be intentional about telling people that. Tell them the good things. If they really are, you tell them. Find opportunities. Say, you know, I really appreciate you. There's a guy in the early church called Barnabas. He was, they adopted, they adopted a name for him. They call him a son of encouragement. How do you suppose he encouraged people? I think he told people good things. I know one of the people in my life that's for good things is probably Eleanor's husband. Pastor Paul Stan was in heaven. You know, you never talk to him and never got encouraged. Because he'll give you a word of the Lord and he'll encourage you. You know, even their ministry when they stopped pastoring was called Encourage Us Unlimited. It was a sign of encouragement. Bad words or no words at all can leave a dent in people's lives. But good words can bless, can inspire people to even believe in themselves when they had already given up on them. So you don't know when you use that faculty that God gave you to bless can do to another person. It's so, hey, I know you're going through it, but you're going to be all right. You're going to be good, you know. You have a special someone. The Lord has good things in you. God has good things in store for you. Don't give up. Just keep on hanging on. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm blessing you. You bless somebody, you lift their day up today, and they're going to lift another person tomorrow. Our words are powerful. So as we move forward to this year, 51 weeks to left. We've got one down. What a, one down, 51 to go. Make a determination to speak good. Even when the trial comes against that dream and that God vision and that thing that you've been pursuing, maybe a business endeavor you've been pursuing, and you hit on hard times, you speak good to it. 
I don't understand what's going on today, but I know my God is good. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I am a child of God. He's watching over me. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. If you run into hell, you find yourself into, don't build a tent there. Go through it. Don't build a tent there. You go through it, go through it, and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what David said. That I am confident of this thing, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will wait on the Lord. I will wait on the Lord. My heart shall wait on the Lord because I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's good all the time. And He wants to do good things in your life this year. Use your mouth to speak good. Speak good concerning the Lord and to the Lord. Speak praises to Him. Speak good to others. And speak good to yourself and about yourself. Amen? Amen. Come on, can we give Him praise right now? Can we stand up together and give Him praise? Speak good things about who He is right now. Just begin to use your mouth right now. Say, oh, Pastor, you know, I'm not very expressive. I don't say, no. Say it to the Lord. Don't say it to me. Just begin to tell the Lord what He means to you right now. Say it in a song. Say it in words. Just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We proclaim your glory. We proclaim your goodness, Lord. You are amazing, beautiful, majestic. Oh, Father, we just love you. We honor you. We honor you with our praise, oh God. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of the blood of Jesus that we have, oh God. That today, Lord, you don't see us with our faults, with our weaknesses, with our inadequacies, oh God. You see us through the blood of Jesus, so you see us as righteous because of the cross, Lord. We thank you for your goodness today, Lord. Thank you that you have shown us new mercies today. January 8, 2017, Lord. New mercies for today, Lord. And that the blood of Jesus makes us righteous before you, God. We thank you. We honor you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. The gift of knowing you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Let's bless, let's bless him in this place. Let's lift up our praises to the Most High King. We give you glory. We give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a mighty God you are, Lord. What a mighty God you are. I want to pray for those that maybe have had a hard time having that right confession. It starts with an attitude of who believing who you are. But I want to pray right now that the Lord will touch your mouth. He did that to Isaiah. When he got in his presence, God touched his mouth. God touched his mouth. I pray right now, if you need a touch from your mouth, you don't have to come forward. Just raise your hand and just receive right now. The Lord will put a new song. See, in Psalm it says, well, I think 118, that he's put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise unto our God. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you will put a new song in this mouth today, O oh God. It's a song of praise, a song of victory, a song of victory in the name of Jesus, not of defeat. For you say that we are blessed, oh God, in everywhere we go. You will bless our coming in and bless our going out. I pray for a song of blessing to be put in our mouths, oh God. Thank you for who you are. Touch our lips by your Holy Spirit, God, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to continue to pray. Please keep your heads bowed for a moment. Keep your eyes closed for a moment. I want to pray for those 
that maybe it's not even a new song in your lips or any of that. You just need to have a fresh start with God. You've never given Jesus your heart. You've never asked him to be your personal savior. Maybe you've even gone to church all your life, but you don't have a personal relationship with him. Really the first confession is saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. I want you to give me a fresh start. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you used to be walk with God, but now you're far from him. I want to pray for you also. I don't want to miss on this because that's exactly where it begins. It begins by opening your mouth and say yes to God. Yes to God in my life. Yes to God. Yes to God. That's you. I want you to just wave at me. I have my eyes open because I want to pray specially for you this morning. He says, you know, Pastor Solo, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to say yes to God in my life today. Maybe for the first time, maybe for just a comeback to God. Come back to God. If that's you, wave your hand. I'm going to see and I'm going to pray for you. Don't miss your opportunity right now. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand also. You can put it down. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. It, all good things begin with that decision. To say, you know what? I just need a fresh start with God. I want you in my life, Lord Jesus. I want you. I'll give you just one more chance. Anybody else before I pray? You say, there's something about stretching your hand and saying, you know, yes, God sees that hand. He sees your heart, but he also sees your response when you say, yes, Lord. And okay, I'm praying with those that raise their hands. In fact, I'm going to ask us to pray together with them. Let's, let's bless the Lord with them. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. You said in your word that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I will be saved. And today I exercise that scripture into my life. I confess Jesus into my life today. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Touch my heart and touch my lips. I give you my heart, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. Come on, give God praise, give, give Him praise in this house, hallelujah, wow. I want to encourage you, dear one, when you prayed that prayer with a sincere heart, God already heard your prayer, and there's a celebration right now in heaven going on because of that. It's the most special thing, the most important decision you'd ever make in your life. Now begin to nurture it. And that's why we exist as a church community. is to help you be able to grow in that walk with the Lord. So that we come to the end of this year, you're like, wow. I'm not where I should be now, but I'm sure a lot further than I was a year before. It's not the end. It's the it's beginning of a new life in Christ. Amen? We're going to worship with a few songs. The presence of the Lord is in this place to heal and to touch. The pastors are going to be in here, ready to pray for you if you need someone to stand with you in prayer. But also, these altars are open to just come forward and pray on your own. As we sing these next few songs, we'll come back and pray before we leave the service. But let's bless the Lord. Let's use exercise our heart and let's tell to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Bless the Lord with our mouths. Amen. 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 Thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard 
the tender whispers of love in the dead of night and tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone your good good father oh it's who you are it's who you are I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am I've seen many searching for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide cause you know just yes what we need before we say a word good good father Oh, it's who you are, it's who you are, I'm loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, your good, good Father. Oh, it's who you are, it's who you are. for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide cause you know we thank you Jesus you know just what we need God say a word your good good father It's who you are. It's who you are. 
Thank you, Jesus. All of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways, too. Oh, we thank you, Lord, and you are There's no place, 
No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Oh, here in your love. Oh, there's no place. No place. Oh, Jesus. Then here in your love, here in your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, more, more of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. We want more of you, God. Sing we. We want more of you, God. Sing it again. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. Yeah, we want more of you, Lord. More, more of, of your you, spirit, Jesus. God. More of your anointing. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Let's lift our voice, our hands just towards heaven. Tell it to the Lord. Just tell it to Him. More of His goodness. More of His joy. More of Your Spirit, God. More of Your victories, oh God, in my life. More of You. More of You, Lord. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more in 2017, Lord. More of you in our homes. More of you, Lord. More of you, God. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. Yes, Lord. More of you. That's our prayer, Lord. That's our prayer, Lord. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more, more of you, God. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray this morning. We know we need more of you. Even in our own country, we need more of you, Lord. In the church, in the community, in Lincoln, oh God, we need more of you. Everywhere we go, God, it's not any leader, any amount of person that could change things around for our world. We know the answer. We know you are the answer, oh God. 
Like the psalmist would say, I will look unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Father, we pray this morning. We pray as a people with one voice, with one heart. We say, Lord, we want more of you. We want more of your spirit, oh God. We want more of your presence. More of your joy. More of your joy. More of your love. More of your peace, oh God. More of you in our lives. We ask that you will send a revival this year. Let there be a great awakening in the church. A great awakening in America. And a great awakening. A realization of who you are, oh God. We pray from the north ends of this country to the south. From the east to the east. We ask for a move of your spirit, oh God. To awaken us. Awaken man, oh God, to you. We want more of you. Not only want, Lord, we know that we need more of you. We know that we need more of you. And we ask for it. You said, ask and you shall receive, Lord. And today we ask, not for silver, not for gold. We ask more of you, God. More of you, God. More of you, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you give him a clap offering? He's worthy. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. You see, there's a scripture that says, when God arrives, his enemies get scattered. And sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, all the time, we need more of Him than even for the things we want or need. Because when we find more of Him, even the things that we need come. That's why the scripture teaches us so clearly that we ought to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to because sometimes we get our priorities shifted. See, when we find Him, we find goodness. Because he's good all the time. We say that all the time, don't we? When he comes up, we find health. We find deliverance. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. There's healing. When he shows up, all the good things of life are right there with him. Because he's a good God. Amen? So the biggest prayer, the biggest pursuit we can have this year is really seeking more of him. We get more of Him. More of His goodness just becomes something that follows us. We're not chasing it. It chases us. It chases us. The blessings chase you. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We want more of you. Lord, give us a hunger for your presence. Teach us how to crave for you. And how to seek you. For you said we shall seek you. And we shall find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. I pray that you would take away... The cravings, other cravings of other things that don't belong. And increase our appetite for your presence. Our desire for you. That we can pray like the psalmist would pray as the deer parteth for the water brooks. So my soul longs for you. Give us that kind of hunger for your presence. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. I know we're gonna, I'm gonna ask us to get our ready, our offering. This is part of worship. Let's get our offering. I wanna pray. I wanna pray blessings over your finances, even this morning. As we take our offering, are you ready with that? Father, I just thank you for the money that we give today to you. Our tithes, our offering, our gifts. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with so many blessings. So many blessings that we cannot even count. Sometimes we even forget. Just the blessing of living in America and not some other place. We just thank you for that. We don't take it for granted. 
We know it's not a right. It's a privilege, oh God. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give to you. As we give our money, our offering, our gifts to you, God. I ask that you multiply. Multiply the seeds that are sown today. Multiply on the behalf of the giver. As you promised in Malachi 3 that you would open the windows of heaven for us and pour out a blessing so great that there would be no room enough to contain it. I speak that blessing over your church today. Let the windows of heavens be opened up and pour out your blessing as we give today. Multiply the seeds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The plates are going to pass around as we sing. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. I want to shout it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. I want to shout it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. Nothing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good. You are good to me. I'll sing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good, you are good to me. Nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. The earth and oceans deep only reflect this truth. And in my darkest night, you shine as bright as day. Your love, your love amazes me. You are good and I'll shout because you are good. You are good to me. Come on. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I want to to encourage you today. As we go out of this place today, I want you to think about what you heard today. I want to tell you this. Every time God gives you a word, it's going to happen. Amen? Now, we have our own timing. And it doesn't always happen when we want it to happen. But it will happen if He's promised it. You know, here's the thing. If you take that and continue to confess, over her life, she never stopped confessing. She said, Lord, you said. I didn't say, Lord, you said. I'm confessing it. Orphanage, orphanage, you confess it. Do that in your life when you head out of here. You know, if you've got a job that's just driving you nuts, maybe you've got a boss that's driving you nuts. Pastor Chris, do you have a boss that's driving you nuts? No, okay, you're good. All right. I've been him. If you got a boss that's driving you nuts, why don't you confess something good over his life or her life? Maybe they've got problems in the house that you need to confess a miracle over. 
They may not know the Lord, but you can confess a miracle into the middle of that. Watch what happens in 2017. You could have a business you're working in that's going to start to boom that may have been dying. You're going to have one of the best bosses you could have ever had. Why? Because you live what the Word has said to do. Use that confession out of your mouth. Come on. Come on. I'm going to pray for you guys real quick this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank You again as we head out of this place. The Father, that Your Word is a true Word. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your blessings, Lord, as we confess them in our lives and watch them come true because You are a God that lives up to Your Word. I thank You for that, and I bless each and every one here today. Amen and amen. You guys have a good week. Because you are good and I dance because you are good. Oh, and I shout because you are good, you are good to me. I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good, you are good to me. With a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim. You are-